Hi, I'm Ainsley Bullion and this is the weekly wrap on this day the 23rd of September 2016. Australian dollars, gold is sitting at 17.50 and silver at $26.04 with the Aussie dollar at 76.5. So this week saw gold unchanged and silver stronger despite a much stronger Aussie dollar and so bringing the gold-silver ratio down to 67. There was pretty much just two shows in town this week, the US Fed and the Bank of Japan, and very little else by the way of news. As we wrote yesterday, the Bank of Japan kicked things off Wednesday afternoon with a new twist on monetary expansion, whereby they will generally still print 80 trillion yen a year, but will vary it in timing and bond purchase type to try and get a more normal yield curve, and to help those poor banks out. It will also give the Bank of Japan more flexibility to buy bonds at a time when they already own over a third of all JGBs. The problem is, no financial analyst seems to understand how they will actually achieve what they say they will. Then came out the Fed that night and according to most expectations held rates unchanged and hinted December was definitely on the cards. You know, like they have every other time. Despite the 25% chance the market assigned to a rise, the announcement still saw everything up apart from the US dollar which fell as the free money game continues. There is definitely division within the FOMC committee though with three dissenters on the September call. Looking at the famous so-called dots, you can see only one member looking to 2017 for a rise. Interestingly, Yellen did say if there were a, and I quote, large adverse shock in the market, they could always cut rates rather than raise them. That there is an election you may have heard of in November, just before the December Fed meeting, when we see Trump and Clinton neck and neck in the polls, it's not a huge stretch to see a large adverse shock happening in one, if one of those two got in. In pretty much the only economic data out of the US this week, we saw US housing starts fall 5.8% in August versus a fall of 1.7% expected, and building permits fall 0.4% when a rise of 1.8% was, was expected. This was in contrast to earlier in the week when the US NAHB Home Builder Sentiment Index rose from 59 to a cycle high of 65. So, like the Fed, it appears hope is better than reality. That said, the Bloomberg Consumer Comfort Index came out this week and it hit its lowest since 2015, so the people ain't buying it. Last week we told you about the huge deficit for August, the biggest month ever in the US. Well, at the end of next week, the US fiscal year ends and will so mark the third biggest year of debt growth in US history, with $1.36 trillion added, taking the total to over $19.5 trillion. The only two years surpassing that were 2010 and 11 after the GFC. Over in Europe, and the world's officially most systemically important bank, Deutsche Bank, so its share price plunged 20% to test new all-time lows as it comes to terms with how it handles a $14 billion fine from the US Department of Justice and its now 45 trillion euro der derivative exposure. The bank is now considering whether it resorts to capital raising it said it would never do, sell assets, or there has even been suggestion of the bank being nationalised, which is not exactly what an already fragile EU needs right now. This all prompted the US FTIC to, this week to state that Deutsche Bank is the riskiest among more than two dozen large banks globally and worsening. To add to the Euro banking woes, there are still no takers as they try to raise capital for the Italian bank MPS, who recently failed the EU bank stress test. The EU continued to thwart the Italian government bailing it out, the Italians are resisting the politically unpopular bail-in option, and there is still no clear end in sight. At home, we saw the Aussie housing bubble back in the headlines, 
with the house price to income ratio hitting an all-time high of over 130 and more critically for first home buyers, the house price to average young adult income has gone from five times in 1990 to around 15 times now. In its purest form, this is another example of how the monetary policy of the last eight years has benefited the high income earners, who can get multiple investment loans for record low rates, over the strugglers dealing with stalled wage growth and rising home prices, and why we are seeing the social discontent the world over. We'll catch you, the next, catch you next week and remember, balance your wealth in an unbalanced world.